one level, we can all say, well, thank God for Christmas. Because it's just a good time. And uh, we've kind of made it our own. Because there's a sense in uh, Christmas that we go back to the familiar. I, I don't know whether in your house you have family customs. Most of them are totally meaningless. But we have things that we do in our house at Christmas um, just because it's Christmas. We, we don't play this crazy tune um, before anybody is allowed to come downstairs on any other day in the year. But we do on this day. I, I'll, you can ask me, I'll explain more of that later if you're fascinated. Um, but the, the, it's, 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 it's familiar. We have our decorations. They know exactly where they go, don't they? They, they kind of come out of the loft and they go where they always go. I know that some of you are sophisticated and buy new ones every year, but that mine, some of ours belong to my grandmother. And that, that they, they still know which mirror they hang off. Uh, and they, the carols, don't they? They just kind of trip off the tongue somehow. And the tree, well, as long as you haven't got a real one, that the tree comes for its two-week holiday out of the loft and uh, before it goes back up there. And, and, and some people say, you know, that it's, it's uh, uh, they whinge about how it's a waste, a waste and uh, how it's ruined by commercialism and that fat man in, in red pyjamas, you know, kind of turns up and it's all meaningless. And, uh, but then the, the people that say that settle for donkeys and cribs and kings dressed in gaudy uh, dressing gowns. And uh, maybe some of that's equally meaningless because we just do Christmas in our traditional way. And, uh, you know, if the government passed a law that you weren't allowed to have turkey or, or white meat, it had to be venison. You know, the, the, the SMP take over the nation. And uh, everybody's got to eat Scottish deer. I mean, oh dear, it it, it wouldn't be right, would it? Because it somehow it wouldn't be Christmas. And yet, and yet, if ever there's an incident that we are commemorating from the Bible, that the one that isn't traditional is this one. I mean, if ever there was an event which was totally unpredictable, it's the first Christmas. If if there was an occasion which was just so unusual, in fact, it was more than unusual, it was shocking. There's something about Christmas which is very challenging and revolutionary and a bit in your face. There are issues surrounding Christmas which you can't kind of put back in the loft till next year. And uh, the, the, there are aspects of it. Well, either it's absolutely sensational or it's rubbish. I know you could say that about the man in his red dressing gown, but here in the Christmas story, there, there, are, there are issues underlying it that, It'd be better if we didn't miss. Now, I'm going to try and do the impossible now and just try and highlight some of them. 
and see whether they are believable. Is Christmas unbelievable? And so I'm going to do it with the big plan. Well, the big plan is only a couple of minutes, I hope, uh, you hope. Uh, and, and then we'll, we'll do it with the small print. Now, the big plan is this, that Christmas fits into a, a scheme, that what Christians call their worldview, right? That, and, uh, it all starts that there is a God, right? That it wouldn't have happened if there wasn't, but that there is a God, and this God made the world. And the people in, but the problem is that this God made the world, but the people have made a dog's dinner of the world. Not, not only out there, but in here. That we have spoilt, mankind has spoilt what God made. We've made an absolute mess of it. And that we, we have gone AWOL where God is concerned <laughs> in that we've just kind of turned our backs on him and, uh, and, and lived as if he wasn't there. So that this is the Christian worldview. There is a God and he made the world, but we've just fouled it up. And Aleppo is the result. That the, 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 the depths that this fall has gone to but the amazing thing is in this scheme is that God made the world. God, God is God. He made the world. We've messed it up. But God still loves the people he made. And even though they, they weren't responsive to him, that uh, he sent his son. That's what we've been singing about. That God's son came from heaven um, where he'd always been with the Father on a kind of rescue mission. So, ah, now this game. There is a God. He made the world. We messed it up. But Jesus has come in order to sort things. And he came as a, as a baby. And the whole legion of angels kind of followed him down to see what on earth is going on. And there were some shepherds hanging around. And they saw it. And uh, the, it... It ends with the Son of God coming and becoming a fetus in a mother's womb. Now, I was, we were seeing it, is, is this believable? God, world, messed up, Jesus coming, but coming as a baby in a manger. And not only that, as he grew up, he, he grew up without sinning. He never told a lie. He, he never nicked a, a pen from Sainsbury's. He, 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 he didn't do any, He lived a pure and holy life, but then so offended the establishment that they had him executed. And at, the, at one level, they had him executed. At another level, God gave him as a sacrifice. So that all the sin and all the way that we've messed ourselves up inside and outside, that Jesus' rescue mission was to come and sort that so that when he rose from the dead, we receive new life. When he heads off to heaven, or how it might, takes off to heaven, you can use that as you like, um, we can go with him. So this is the Christian worldview. It's God, creation, 
will fall. Jesus dying on the cross, restoring, giving new life now, and heaven then. It's like that. That's the big picture. How do you how do you get on with the big picture? Is it is it a nice story or is it ridiculous? Is it is it unbelievable that the God who made the world should turn up in a in a, a Roman province in the middle of nowhere in a virgin's womb? Is it a kind of old wives' tale? Is Richard Dawkins right? I hope not. <laughs> I doubt it anyway. Um, but, but in some senses, if that's the big picture, when you get to the, the small print, if I'm following the light, it becomes even worse. It becomes even harder. Because in the verses that uh, we've got behind us, yeah, there are just some things. Is this unbelievable? Is this unbelievable? Because we've got a child to be born who only ever had one parent. The parents were engaged, but they'd not yet got into bed. That they were betrothed, and in those days, if you got engaged, you had to get divorced to get out of it. And if you went too far, it was just classed as adultery. But this baby, to be born, was the result of a miracle in a virgin's womb. How how do you get on with that? Is that believable? And then this happens because an angel turned up. I don't know how you get on with angels. Uh, and announces in verse 28, we haven't got the verses, but it'll be familiar to you, that you have found favor in God's eyes, says the angel. God, God's being gracious to you. He's being wonderfully kind and generous to you. And uh, the angel gives, the, gives this young girl some heavenly perspective on what's going on inside her. And he says that the baby is no ordinary baby. The, the baby is God's son. But he's not only God, he's human too. And uh, that uh, the virgin's name was Mary. And Mary greatly trembled his words. But the angel said, Do not be afraid, Mary. You found faith with God. You will receive and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he'll reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? said the virgin. And uh, the, 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 the angel is saying that, that, that this, is, this child is holy, not a trace of sin in him then or later. And then, then he says that the... the the conception is not a, an ordinary conception. It, it's going to be. It's not an act of mating, as we might say, but a supernatural miracle in this girl's womb. How are you getting on with that? Is that believable? It's a virgin birth. It's unique in Hebrew and Greek writing, except for some Greek gods who, 
found some pretty virgins and, and came down and then went back to wherever their Greek gods came from. But no, no, it's nothing of that. It's that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. He doesn't try to explain the mechanics. He just gives this overview. There's, there's somebody extraordinary here. There, there's a, a, un, a, a person who is utterly unique, exceptional, connected with God in an unprecedented... There's a, here is a colossal figure. That If this is true, then the angel is saying that there's one come into a baby, into a virgin's womb in a stable or whatever it was, in an obscure Roman province, is going to be the greatest ruler the world ever had, the greatest person that exceeds and excels everybody. Uh, and not only that, this this colossal figure, somebody described it in those terms, I thought that just about gets it really. Hey, are you, can you, is this credible? Is this possible? And then he goes on to say, you shall call his name Jesus. Because he, Jesus is the old Hebrew word, or from the Hebrew word Joshua, which means deliverer, rescuer. Savior, oh, we're back on the big plan. That Jesus is the one, he says, who has come. Now, can it possibly be true? Like I said, either it's incredible or it's rubbish. It's got to be one or the other. And you think, well, come on, David. It's just a nice story. It's it's a myth. It's a primitive folklore. It's it's similar to Mickey Mouse, isn't it? I mean, in a secular, enlightened, scientific, sceptical age, it's a kind of nice story for the uneducated. A, a bit like St. George. You know St. George? The, 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 the guy with the flag with the red cross. You know the man? And... Uh, at some point, you've got to put your arm around your, your English neighbour and say, it's a lovely story, but it isn't true. I'm sorry, he didn't kill a dragon. And it's not even sure that he ever existed. But there's a sense in which King George killing his dragon, or whatever it is, St. George killing his dragon, is easier to believe than some of this. But hang on a minute. It's, it's, it's almost too wonderful not to be true. It, it isn't written like Mickey Mouse, is it? it it's, it's, the, it's a narrative given by eyewitnesses that there were people around. So hang on, just let me, let's just, just, just park that for a minute and say, well, what if it's true? What if, if after everything, what if it actually happened? <laughs> what if, well, I tell you what, 
if it's true, then the good news is that there is a God <clears throat> who made everything and he's aware of us. We, we are not on our own. We are not some kind of freak cell, a rogue cell, that <clears throat> for a brief period in the millennia of millennia just happened to flower and then destroy itself as an accident. No, no, no. If this is true, that there is a God and we're not on our own. If this is true, then life has a meaning. There is a big picture. If you want, if you're a philosopher, there is a meta-narrative. There, 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 there is in your life and mine a, a scheme where there was a beginning and there will be an end. It means that there's meaning to life and hope in life and purpose in life. And even beyond the life that we know, there's something coming that for the, those that trust in Jesus is even better than this. And, and not only, it's not only pie in the sky when you die, it's steak on the plate while you wait. We, we've just been told that this God is called Emmanuel, that he's with us, he's knowable, he's here to help me, willing to bless me, to make a real difference in my heart, in my life. God, <laughs> if Jesus is who he said he is, can make a real difference in my home and in my family and in my workplace and in my future. If this story is true, then this God loves me, loves you, if this story is true. <clears throat> He came from heaven to the indignity of a stable in an obscure Roman province to be born of a virgin, to die as a savior, to take you and I to heaven because he loves us, if this is true. Someone came to rescue me. Think it, just say it in your head. Someone came to rescue me, to forgive me the catalogue of sins that I am ashamed of that are in my past, and we've all got them. And what is even more wonderful, this person that came, we know his name. We know his name. We know how to get in touch with him. If this is true, if this is true, all of my future, all of my present, all of my past, there's great hope in it, if this is true. If it's not true, it's rubbish, and we're back where we started. But there are a lot of people in this building thousands of people, millions of people across the world who've met this Jesus 
and says is absolutely true. He did come. He was God and man. He did live a holy life. He did die as a sacrifice because God loves me. Happy Christmas. Now, Dolly Clowen, there's nothing better than that. Now, when, before, before when you came in and sat down, sorry about my rusty voice, <clears throat> it's just a croak. Um, when you came in, there was one of these on your seat. Are you ready for Christmas? And it's just a little outline. But if there's something I've said tonight and you think, I need to look into this, that this is this is either outstanding or it's rubbish. I need to be sure which it is, because if it's sensational, I don't want to miss it, and if it's rubbish, I don't want to carry on coming to carol services. And for that reason, there, there's there's the mini version, but there is a slightly fuller version. And if anything that's been said tonight, anything that's been sung, anything that's been read, as I just need to check it out. At some, when you pass those nice men that do this, you know those men. You know they. I think they're men. Might be might be ladies. You know those people that you're supposed to get your right hand and connect with that. But in their left hand, they'll be holding one of these. And if you just say, they'll get, and so just, it's your first Christmas present. We'd love you to take, I'd love you to take one. I, I, I would just love you to know that this is true and the outcomes of this are absolutely wonderful for us take the book. I'm going to pray and then the choir are going to, choir? Yeah, this lot, uh, <clears throat> before we sing a closing carol. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, when we look at just the scale and the wonder of this Christmas story, when we strip away all the non-essentials and we see just the measure of what it really was all about. The implications are enormous. I can't live my life ignoring you any longer. I don't need to live my life regretting my past. I can find forgiveness. I can know you the resurrection and the the death and resurrection of Jesus can change everything. Lord, we pray that that will be true for every one of us and that this Christmas will just be outstanding and that we might know you. For your name and your praise's sake. Amen.